Okay, guys. Um, welcome to episode three of Things You Didn't Ask For and Didn't Need to Know. And yes, I was still reading it off the screen. So, uh, my name is Donal. I'm Barry. And Mart. So, we're three guys from Cairo in Ireland. To all our foreign viewers and listeners. So, this show, we will be looking at what is our interpretation of no not interpretation what our opinions are is it is that fair enough what are our thoughts on what are our thoughts on freedom of speech and that's it but before we jump into the main kind of event we always have if there's any kind of little things that we have that are of interest to us we'll talk about those first so barry i think you are pretty good with kicking us off with a few interesting little things. So, okay, my story this week is yes. from the United States, from Philadelphia. It happened at the end of last month, in February. And essentially there was a dude called Adam, um, no, called Charles Rowe, who was up for a liver transplant in Philadelphia. His surgeon was Adam Bodson, realized that uh, his liver was on the way, but couldn't actually get to the hospital because... Philadelphia Marathon was on, and the courier with the liver couldn't get through. So, uh, his surgeon ran out of the hospital, ran a mile almost to the courier, got the box with the liver in it, and then legged it back to the hospital with the liver, got the transplant done, and um, Mr. Rowe was able to leave the hospital six days later. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, now, on, on his way back, he did get escorted by the police, but... Yeah, he was running yeah. through a marathon <laughs> in full scrubs well, and, I was thinking, and yeah. a box with a liver. But do you know what? People do dress up. They dress up they as do. nuns they or do. something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know? Someone's someone watching him joining. He's like, hey, that guy's cheating. He joined yeah, right. Yeah. Which, yeah, amazing stuff. Like, and Dang. it saved the guy's life. So that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. So that was my uh, story. To, they just take a bit out of a person and put it into another person, and that works. It's just weird. Transplants are amazing. Mm, and, they're, yeah. and they're getting better at them all the time. They're able to transport different, transplant different things. It's it's incredible. Like And uh, some of the stuff they're able to do with even in, say, the cardiovascular field is incredible as well, where, where they've gone from not that long ago, if someone had uh, problems with their, their arteries, that they would literally crack open your sternum, lift open your rib cage, get to the heart, and do what literally by, you've heard of a bypass. They would literally bypass the areas that were all clogged up in your arteries. Hmm. Gone from that to a tiny and, and oh, and by the way, that's like a nine-month recovery time for having your chest burst open, okay. alien style. Yeah, yeah. Um, now they do a little incision down on your thigh, put a stint in there, up to the using dyes and X-rays. They find the spot, get a stint to that spot. They inflate a balloon which expands a stint open, deflate the balloon and pull out the stint so the, or pull out the catheter thing and the stint stays there and pushes all the blockages out. Of the and way. then, wow. I did a tiny stint in, uh, haha, tiny hey. I did a tiny, that was, I did a tiny stint in Boston Scientific as most Galwegians did. Yeah. And, and just to explain um, to people who might not be from And Boston Scientific make, um, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff, but yes. they're one of the biggest medical manufacturers in the world up yeah. there with Johnson and Johnson and yeah. Medtronic. And uh, so what? I, I don't know if Medtronic do stints as well. Yeah, that's, that's what I learned about it. Oh yeah, so I learned there. about it. I learned about it from Boston, yeah. Boston Scientific. 
And uh, so this stint is like a little metal grate. Then when the balloon goes in, it pushes the metal grate open and it can't kind of push yeah. back in again. And yeah. um, but the the new technology at the time was that there was some kind of medicine on the stint that made your body not reject the stint. Mm. I worked on that kind of stint as well, a drug eluting stint. Yeah. Uh, and they're incredible. They actually coat this metal, tiny, tiny metal thing, like eight millimeters small uh, in length, up to like 38 mil. Uh, but they coat it in drugs, right? And that not only is it a drug that will stop rejection, but it also stops um, recalcification of the, of the arterial wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it also eludes slowly off, it comes off the stint slowly. So it's a slow eluting drug as well. So it lasts for ages while it's in there. It gives it time to really settle in there and stop the recalcification uh, of the, the arterial wall. Amazing stuff. It is amazing when you think about it. And Jeez. they were working on, before I left it, they were working on, on another stint that would go into the artery down in your kind of pelvic region. It's a massive artery. I can't remember the name of it now. But it was going to have like a valve and everything in it. And if that goes, you're done. But... If they realize it's going to go with tests or whatever, they're like, oh, that artery or that valve is going to go. Yeah. They can get one of these guys in there and uh, yeah, yeah. that's just, it's amazing. And that's just one tiny little field of medicine. Soon uh, we'll have nanotechnology. And, and GPT in our heads. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, when I say soon, I have no idea how soon. Nobody's, nobody's giving you the skinny on that. Nobody's giving you the skinny on how soon. But... Um, yeah, so anything else, Gray? Um, well, uh, some other things. Do you guys know what the difference uh, between the Eiffel Tower in winter versus the summer is? Well, the Eiffel Tower is made of metal, so obviously it expands. So, how much does it expand in height? Presumably, there's a width as well as a height. Do you have any idea? I presume in the, win in the winter it'll be shorter then, yeah. So, what by a meter? Jeez, I was going to say. I mean, I have no idea. I was, <laughs> going, to say, <laughs> I was going to say. Actually, how tall is it? Is it? Oh, I actually don't know. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think there was going to be follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'd say I'd say it expands by an inch. Oh, that's probably close enough. Fifteen I'd centimeters. Fifteen centimeters. Yeah, half a foot. That's six 15. inches. Centimeters. What? Yeah, that's so six, inches. six inches. Six inches. I've, I've no more, idea about the conversion. more than this. Uh, yeah, fifteen centimeters is what it huh. expands. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible that it doesn't break. Yeah, it's designed that way. Um, uh, the same this uh, the same idea actually works with roads, believe it or not, and railway tracks. Railway tracks are, are obviously one of the first kind of big metal structures that, as you know, as oh. that humanity built, they're designed to expand and contract in summer and winter as well. That's why you hear the yeah. It's because they're going over that expansion. Oh, there's gap. gaps. There's gaps. Yeah, yeah. And they're designed to take the expansion. And that's why and you know, the designed to, to shift. TGV trains and stuff, the, the super fast trains, mm. they're made on the the pieces of metal are like extra long to stop the, you know, the longer it is, the stable, the, the more stable the track is and everything. Okay. So you can do faster speed lines and everything. So, but they still have expansion joints. They still have expansion joints, but I suppose the metal is... Sticking with distance, except not... Distance, time. How long is a jiffy? Someone said to you, I'll be there in a jiffy. How long is it going to, how long is it going to take me to get there? I mean, obviously, it's a non specific kind of time unit. Incorrect. It is a specific time unit. A jiffy is one one hundredth of a second. Huh. One one hundredth. One one hundredth. Really? Yeah, one one hundredth of a second is a jiffy. 
So and next time someone says you'll be there in a jiffy, say, I doubt it. They're yeah. lying. <laughs> Unless they're standing right beside you. I know. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just wondering what field that came from. I mean, what measures time in that microwave? It's probably that crowd in, in France, the same ones that have all the, the, the metric uh, weights and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a whole but, thing about it. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. Um, now, here's another one for you. Uh, something that uh, you didn't ask for and you didn't need to know. When you're having your photograph taken, uh, what, do you, what does the photographer say to you? Smile, cheese, say yeah, cheese. Say cheese. What did the photographer say to you back in early days of photography? Oh, I think when the first photographs came out. When they were first yeah. photographers. Think of um, Many Ways to Die in the West. Have you seen that movie? I have yeah. ages ago. I can't remember. Yeah, I saw, there, there's I a saw running gag going through that one every time photographs come up. And it comes up a few times during the movie where they're saying, uh, why isn't anyone smiling in the photographs? So that was the style at the time. What do you think the photographer said? Because saying cheese obviously makes you smile. What did they cheese. say? Um, I'll give you a hint. It was another foodstuff. And not one that would make you smile either. Whiskey? <laughs> no, that makes me smile. What are you on about? Well, you know, you're <laughs> drinking, you're like, ah, prune. So they would say, say oh, prunes. What? So everyone would be like, yeah, pr- keep them all straight, apparently. Get them, yeah, get that serious. Because they had to be serious. In the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so say prunes. Was the, what they used to say instead of uh, say cheese, and uh, and lastly, the shortest commercial flight in the world. Oh, I've actually heard about this one. Mert, what? yes. Well, I have not heard about this one, so I have no idea. <laughs> well, is it Aaron? I mean, Aaron's pretty short. Okay, from Galway to Aaron, I'm guessing mm. it's not. It's not the shortest. It's not by a long shot. Actually, is it somewhere? In, it's somewhere. In, is it somewhere in Scotland? It is somewhere in Scotland. You get, po- you get points for that. Okay, okay. And apart from that, my knowledge on this runs out. Yeah. Because it, yeah. It's from the island of Party to the island of Papa Party. Oh, wait, no, sorry. West. Not Party. West. What? Sorry, here. I was going to say, Westray. tell me more about this island of Party. <laughs> yeah. Westray. I know, right? Westray. And Papa Westray. Sorry, I got the Papa. Part of the party. Uh, no party. <laughs> The flight is, um, so Logan Air do this flight, a commercial, it's a commercial flight, it's a proper full-on commercial flight for 1.7 miles, and the flight last, the flight time is 90 seconds. Does it oh, go over wow. the water or something? Yeah, it's from one island to another. It's from the island of Westray to the island of Papa Westray. So, it's literally nine, a 90-second flight. Will the bridge get over it? I know, 1.7 miles, you think, bridge would be easy. Well, a bridge would be really, 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 really expensive. Yeah. Well, so would, you know, well, no, fuel costs and all. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. Jeez, cheap. It's probably, but it is in the, like, off the coast of Scotland, so it's probably wild as heck. Yeah. So building there is probably not easy. Yeah. Um, mm. But, you know, you sit down, 90 seconds later, you get off the plane, but you sit down, they're like, oh, God, with the wind, why would they put this as the in-flight movie? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there are some things that you, you didn't ask for and you didn't need to know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but moving on to uh, here. Here's the thing I was just saying. Oh, to yeah, you. Like I know, like I I love space stuff, but I know very little about the physics of space stuff. Okay. Okay. But did you ever think about? Let's say there is a company and they put a satellite in space. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now the satellite flies at something like sixteen thousand miles an hour around the planet. Okay. How do you get that satellite? to turn if it needs to turn so like make adjustments from earth yeah yeah make adjustments from so, earth so say, 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 some, 
I say the spy satellite and the CIA need okay. to train in on somebody somewhere that's exactly. doing something nefarious. Exactly. Um, How did they do that? I assume I assume somebody I I assume somebody sits at a computer and goes. Da, 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 da. Oh no no! Somebody yeah, but what mechanism makes it turn? Do they yeah. have little thrusters on it? That's what I imagine. Tiny little boosters. So if you do boosters, okay, that would send it spinning. No no no! And you also have to have fuel. You need to have fuel. Solar power. So so no. the thing is no the thing is you do need to have fuel either way, because anything that happens is going to use up some fuel. So what's really interesting is uh, this is what I'm saying about angular momentum in Iran. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this video on the internet. I will put the video up, the link up of the video. Okay. And it's. Oh, when you say put it up, you mean you're gonna put it on? Oh, sorry. I will put it on YouTube, on YouTube. It'll be down there. Yes. If you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. If you're watching on Spotify, the phrase was angular momentum. Yes. I didn't catch that. And um, but it's really cool. It's there's uh, this video on on YouTube shows a person and he gets a he stands on a. He stands on a little platform that has wheels on it. Okay, so if like if you were carefully pushed this person, okay, or you could do it if you went on your knees on an office chair, okay, and then you got a big chain, uh, sorry, not chain, a bar with a bicycle wheel attached to it. Mm -hmm. And if you spun the bicycle wheel really fast, yeah, mm -hmm. the spinning of the bicycle wheel will turn you in the chair. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Yep. Yeah. That's angular momentum. Oh, okay. So when there's a satellite up in space, and if you're like, you say, okay, look down towards the planet more. It's at, let's say, it's at 30 degrees. A little, look. A little door opens and a bicycle wheel comes out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Little mechanical head. Spins it. Yeah. No, there is a, a kind of a disc inside just spins up in a certain direction, and it huh. turns it turns up that way. That's how That's it turns. That's fascinating. Because, of course... There's not as much of an effect on gravity. Yeah, on but angular momentum is a is a it's a physics thing. It's like it, you know. Turns out satellite builders are pretty smart. Yep. It's Same thing if you get a, if you get a bicycle wheel on a rope, and you spin it, because normally you would think a bicycle wheel on a rope would fall so it's perpendicular to the floor. Yeah. But if you have it on a rope and you spin it, it'll actually stay. Yep. It's one of those things scientists don't actually really know how bicycles work. <laughs> that, that's that's an actual thing. They're they're not. They they they've got to know how bicycles work. No, they don't. They actually they, there's there's an awful lot about how the way bicycles work that they're not sure why they work, how they work. and the, and there's a thing as well of your brain assumes tons about physics and you it should there was a Tom Scott actually and it showed um, who's Tom Scott. So okay, so Tom Scott is this YouTuber who's been around for years on YouTube, but he he's really interesting. Like. Um, but he had this huge, he, he takes like little short snippets of interesting things and he will do a video on them. Okay. So one of the things he said, one of the things he did is he went to somewhere, I think Netherlands or somewhere, somewhere, I don't know where, but the bicycle, you know, the way when you're going, if you're saying, if I want to go over there on a bicycle, you don't really think about what you're doing. Sure. You don't, you just, if you're cycling, you just go over there. You turn the direction that you yeah, want you, to go. Yeah, you inside you turn. But the bicycle that Tom Scott had, if you wanted to turn to the left, 
you had to steer to the right. Yeah. So Seems now all it's of a trick sudden, bike. Yeah, it's a, yeah. A lot of them you have to pedal backwards to go forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now you have to think. Of, yeah, you have to think about it. Yeah. And then it's like I would throw that bike in the fire. <laughs> I wouldn't even <laughs> try. That sounds so annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which wouldn't have much of an effect on it. It's mostly metal. I would just. <laughs> and your fire is pretty small. You'd have to break. That's an awful hacksaw. I am committed to the fire. You like the I think he was a Frenchman who ate a bicycle. Oh yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't know nothing about bikes. You don't no. know scientists don't know how they work. You don't know the guy ate one. Someone ate a bicycle. Yeah, I think he also had an airplane. Made of metal. Yeah. And he also had an airplane, if I'm not mistaken. I mean I find that I don't know, hard to believe. Did he I know you didn't ask for that and you didn't need to know it. I'm gonna Yes, I didn't. Really? <laughs> but there you go. It's like saying, Hey, do you know how many plastic bottles you eat every year when you're a normal dinner? How many? Do you know? Nobody knows, but <laughs> yeah. the plastics have got into the food chain. It's there. Yeah, eating a bicycle. I mean, okay. Are you looking it up? Right? I am looking it up. Um. So yeah. So th- that's my, that's what I love. All space stuff. And if I were to bring facts regularly to this table, it would be about space stuff. But it's so easy to get the facts wrong, you know. And there is so many people out there that know their facts exactly because you can't. It's. You can't fudge the numbers like, you know. Michael Lotito is the gentleman's name. Uh, he's a performing performance artist and he involved the, the consumption of metal, glass, rubber and other materials. He disassembled, cut up and consumed items such as bicycles, shopping carts, televisions, a Cessna 150, which is an aeroplane, uh, among other items. The Cessna 150 took roughly two years to be eaten, uh, air quotes. Uh, from 1978 to 1980. Good one, Barry. Air quotes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's Michael Michael Lotito. so unbelievable to me. You know, he was a performance artist, so... So he ate a plane. Possibly I mean, there might have been some trickery involved. No, well, it's like... A lot of... A lot of, um, a lot of Vaseline. Has, well, no, that would be good. Uh, the castor oil or... or um, no, olive oil or it's not for there. It's for when it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, <laughs> Alicia is a high slimming that's, iron. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A so high hey. iron diet. Huh. Um, yeah. Mart's really learning tonight. <laughs> Do you, Mart, have any uh, small factoids to bring to the table? My small factoid, before we go into our big story, yes. um, is actually related to the big story because I didn't really think of any other thing until just now. Um, so I'm going to just tell you something that I had on my mind to mention anyway, because I heard it recently. Uh, it goes back to the 1400s. There's this priest in Germany and, you know, well, you can draw your own conclusions, but basically I'm sure that a lot of them were assholes back then anyway. And uh, he wrote a book. Now, I love the name, so I have to write it down. It's the Malleus Maleficarum, which is, sounds like something out of one division, but... Uh, it's basically a book about witches. So he went into real in-depth, scientific-level detail on here's how you spot a witch, here's how a woman becomes a witch by doing... Is he the guy talking about warts? And stuff? Maybe there was warts in the book. I have to admit, I didn't read it. Okay. I don't know. But, um, but he really went into detail on here's how you spot witches and here's how you can... how they become witches, here's how to detect them, here's how to catch them. Here's how to torture them and kill them or find out that they are witches or not. And uh, back then, you know, some asshole writes a book 
about being, you know, bad. Uh, nothing new. It was the middle of the Dark Ages. But um, this particular book got huge fame for one reason. And it was random chance of the time that it happened to get written. At the time he wrote it, uh, and again, he was a priest at the time, so he took a case in the courts against a bunch of women that he, were, he was calling witches. And the courts at the time threw out the case because apparently he had some sexual obsession with one of the girls that he was accusing, so there's all that going on too. Uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. But, um, shock. But, case got thrown out, nobody cared. It probably would have been something that would have coming on at the time and nobody would have ever thought about it again. He was the Enoch Burke of his day. Well, no. No, and yes, because it just so happens, incidentally, that around that time, the printing press was invented. Nice. So his book just happens to get into print and get disseminated. And as traders are traveling the world on their trade routes, There's no other they were books. bringing these books. The Bible, uh, Bible and yeah. the Melius And the funniest Karen. thing is, for 200 years, it was the biggest selling book after the Bible. Obviously, nothing's going to trump the Bible. But for two centuries, it was the number one book. And that's what really triggered this whole, you know, the Salem witch, witch trials witches, and this yeah. whole idea of what? If you think they're a witch, throw them in the water. And if they come back up again, they're obviously if witches. They if, they, yeah. if, they're heavier, if they think they're heavier than a duck. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it's just, it was so screwed up. And like, literally, I think they've estimated something like 100,000 people, mostly women, over a number of centuries were tortured and killed for being witches when obviously they weren't. Oh, no, some of them probably were. Well, maybe some of them. I mean, if, you, if you're executing 100,000, you're probably going to get one or two anyway who are actual witches. Yeah, but it, I don't know. I find it's really disturbing. But then again, you've you got to remember, it is the middle of the medieval era, the Dark Ages for like eight centuries of this kind of shit. But uh, it's weird to think just this book that would have gone nowhere just happened to come along exactly at a time when... It's interesting, a bit like Gangnam Style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something, something just comes or anything that goes viral. <laughs> something just comes along and viral. It's at the right time, and just so you gotta, off. you gotta wonder: Have you seen? Have you ever seen um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch? The new one or the old one? Oh, any either. Yes. Kudos for knowing there is a new one and an old one. I didn't know. Yeah, there is a new one and an old one. The new and, one's um, much darker. So I wonder: Would they have been made? Would we have any concept of witches? If that book didn't exist then. Well, if the book existed, but just no, 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 hadn't no. If, if the printing press, if, if it was 20 years before the printing press. Yeah, the printing press came along a century yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably we wouldn't have had one of it. It was yeah, one of those things just, yeah. I mean, no, some, some other thing would have been written around the time the printing press came along. You, you never know, but it is, it is weird to replay the cause and effect of a yeah, random thing yeah, one thing leads to another, leads to another. exactly the right and time like, and that stuff probably influenced Mary Shelley when she was writing Frankenstein which influenced all our horror movies and Buffy and Bram Stoker and Dracula and all that stuff all okay forgive my absolute ignorance here because I know this but Frankenstein was written by Mary Shelley oh right yeah and that influenced other people who which was super unusual at the time that a woman author actually wrote a book that yeah. became big. Although there was like loads of female authors mm. at the time that were writing stuff and they had to use a pseudonym, pseudonym. of yeah. a do, their husband or something else like. Or 
scientists, female scientists that were like staggeringly brilliant, but that had to use their... You don't have to go that far back in history to find that. Unfortunately, I was reading about something like, I have no recollection of any of the details, but that's something that still happens. Yeah. Yeah, it still happens where in certain fields, women will... Uh, it still yeah, happens. still happens, yeah, where the women will write a, uh, a paper on something or they'll do an experiment on something. What I don't know what scientists do. Um, <laughs> blow, blow, blow stuff up, I suppose. Um, Haven't you watched the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> uh, and yeah, but yeah, they, they end up having... They, they, they will put their name onto the paper, but they'll have people work with them, their colleagues. And then they'll go to a conference and the colleagues will be male. And the woman will sit there and nobody will ask her a question. They'll be asking the males. Is that as much of a thing still? I know it was. still happens. Yeah. Very yeah, yeah, no, it still, still happens. happens. Actually, now that I think what I can it's think of finds that people were referencing it and everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh-huh. I'm just going to check this here. My paranoia kicks in every now and again. I presume you're editing this bit out now. I mean, well, you have to know because I just said that. Yeah. I wasn't going to, but... It's like, what's that movie, um, I can't remember what it's called, where, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West... No, 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 uh, you know the old Clint Eastwood movies? It's that 70s kind of era. Spaghetti movies. Sp- yeah. Sp- 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 spaghetti like, westerns, yeah. It shows the, this actor who's like a super famous actor. So, you know, it's, it's wouldn't be shocked these days, but let's say, take an actor that's beloved, um, like Pedro Pascal, the hero of all these things, but suddenly they portrayed this big-name actor in the 70s as the villain, which was shocking at the time. But it was like, it shows this guy... This kid was like, you know, saw somebody, witnessed somebody kill his parents or something, and he comes out from behind the trailer, and uh, the guy aims a gun at him, and the other baddie goes, we don't need to kill him, Frank. He don't even know our names. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he just goes, now he does. He does now. <laughs> Kills the kid, and was like, oh, shot a shock horror moment. Anyway, it's like, you do have to edit it now. <laughs> well, no, that was an interesting story. I'm not leaving it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Edit, edit around that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, completely out of context. Yeah. Um, so, let me think. Um, so, the main topic of the night was, and this is just a quick reminder, by the way, to like and subscribe this video and tell all your friends about the podcast and share it. And comment if you're on YouTube. Oh, yeah, and yeah. comment. Definitely. We definitely will actually read your comments. Yeah. And not tell you to kill yourself, like 90% of YouTube comment goes. Yes, yes. Definitely no comments you. and uh, any kind of ideas or anything. That's definitely. Yeah. Feedback is uh, appreciated. Yeah. So, um, so the main thing we're going to talk about today is what is, uh, is it's freedom of speech, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I suppose... There's loads of different definitions of freedom of speech. Now, that's interesting. 1948, the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 19, is what covers speech. Uh, And it reads, Everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media and regardless of frontiers. What does regardless? Really? Yeah. Does it say any limitation on that? Uh, that is the wording of Article 19. That's that's pretty. I know oh. there might be more to it. That's the main gist of it. So go on. Yep. So in adopting the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights, several countries, Ireland, Italy, Luxembourg, Monaco, Australia, and the Netherlands, insisted on reservations to Article 19 to the freedom of, of opinion and expression. 
insofar as it might be held to affect their systems of regulating and, uh, and licensing broadcasting. And what does Which, reservations mean in that context? In that context, basically, they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to adopt the resolution, the, the, the Article 19, we'll take it. However, we want to note that we're not going to follow it to the letter because we want to be able to uh, regulate our uh, and licensing for broadcasting. So they basically said, yeah, people can talk, but we're going to listen. Hmm. Yeah, essentially. That's actually interesting because um, in our Bunrock Nahirin, in our constitution, we have it said in our constitution where it's, a, it's like we give a definition of what the freedom of speech is, but we say that, oh, what is it? We say that it's the, the we say that just because you have free. We have freedom of speech, but you can't go saying hate speech. Hate speech, or, that, or the what's called I don't know what's called hate speech at the time. But would have been I suppose. Would have been at the time Something actually. Like that, yeah. But you can't do that. Um, they specify cinema, news like news media type of thing, and the radio. So they, they don't exactly. actively say no. They don't say television. Oh, but right, they, okay. But they say it's very much implied. That's it. in the constitution. Yep. It says freedom of speech, except on this medium and that medium and that medium. You see, they say... It's just they, very limiting and they probably didn't speech, predict the internet. It's freedom of speech, but it's... it's You can't say inflammatory things. Well, that's why I'm surprised. That, what did you say it was? The UN Charter for whatever? The, the, the UN Re- Universal Declaration of Human Rights. I'm surprised that that just says anyone can say anything, no holds barred. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the, the, the UN felt that that was a universal human right to be allowed to express your opinion and also to be allowed to go and find information, which is a part of, um, it's, it's a part that people forget to do a, a lot. They'll take them, they'll hear a narrative and they'll say, yes, that's not my opinion. The earth is flat. I'm going to challenge you right there. And then not go and actually look up the information. Because when you say that somebody hears it and therefore just believes it, what if they looked it up and that's where they heard it from? And did no further research on it? When you say further research, I could find you a thousand sources that will state definitively and provide loads of proof from proper, full-on, qualified, certified scientists, geologists, and experts in loads of fields that say, yes, the earth is flat. Yeah. And then you'll come back to me with hundreds of sources and scientists and certified people and whatever that say it's round. And that's the freedom of speech, right there. Yeah. In a, in a, I mean, I wouldn't criticize anyone for falling down the rabbit hole somewhere mm. in the world today now uh, and believe something that I consider ridiculous and they consider true because, you know, the way the information flow has changed has gone kind of weird. But that's different to what our, in Ireland, what the freedom of speech, what our freedom of speech says is you're not allowed to do hate speech or I, I don't know how specifically it says it, but the implication is certainly you can't do the, I do, I forget how it said, but it's, you can't do accusations that are, that will morally corrupt society. That's it. Wow. That is it. Okay. See, this is the thing that I find interesting about this. I, I'm going to pin my flag to the mast and say, I don't know where I land on freedom of speech. It's one of those topics, if you ask me about a hundred other things, I have a very strong opinion one way or the other, and I argue with it one way or the other. But this is like 
I just can't figure it out. Because on a very most basic level, you're trying to remember, you're saying, oh, Irish Constitution whatever says freedom of speech is accepted, except I can't remember, is it uh, hate speech? Or, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what it is. Either they say, yes, freedom of speech is allowed fully, or no, it's not. It's as simple as that. Maybe it's allowed fully, except this one thing, or maybe it's allowed fully, except these thousand things. It doesn't matter. It either is allowed fully or it's not. Okay, I do know an answer to that. Mm -hmm. Very specifically, Irish law looks at Irish freedom of speech as not absolute. Oh no, as in what you said was clearly that it is allowed not absolute. And then that phraseology of corruption of the morality of society or what on earth was that? Yeah, that's generally the I mean, I mean that's Jesus, generally. that's like, go back to the 60s and if you were to consider gay relationships, you're corrupting society. And you zoom forward to now and it's normal. So that whole phraseology is so ridiculous. It doesn't have any meaning in law at all. Yeah. Other than an opinion of some old footy-duty. And it's literally, one could argue that lots of laws are opinion. But this is a true, full-on, no basis in anything other than your own personal opinion. Based on how old and ignorant or not that you happen to be. That's a fair point. And it's interesting because I've, off, I've long held the opinion that every law when they write them into the law books um, there should be a statute of limitations on it insofar as we're making this law now it's going to be re reviewed in 10 years every law should be reviewed reviewed every 10 years yeah, just in case really. yeah just in case because like you got laws you got laws that they made back in the bloody miss last the miss the time about how much chattel one person can pay another person to marry his daughter or something and that's still in the law books because they they haven't they, they can't take it out without a referendum or something. Ridiculous. Just put a bloody put it in the constitution. Every law gets reviewed in ten, every ten years, and they have a review body that looks at the laws and goes, "Look, at, we don't need that. We don't need to know how much taxes people have to pay on the, the head of how many pigs they have and how many windows but they have." These yeah. are just say if we were going to state it into law. But I'm going to leave aside law for a minute. Definitely will circle back. Just going to ask you first of all. In general. Are you a believer, a believer that freedom of speech should be absolute or should it be curtailed? And I don't mean in law. I mean just generally. In society, in social... Okay, okay here's, here's the thing. Let's say that as horrific an idea as this would be... Actually, I'm going to put Barry in the mix as well, so it's less horrific. Oh, I was going to uh, go on. No, no, no. I don't know as where in, you're going with this. In, yeah, I know, I'm scared. Imagine a society where everyone in society exactly like me and you but even me and you don't think the same so yeah i know but at least we have an understanding of of each other so by like if all of society was like that then yeah you could have a law that's absolute okay when you say a law that's absolute i mean you, you you're, could, you're saying as in, as in, freedom of speech would be absolute yeah you could have freedom of speech. so in other words you can say literally anything and everyone else would be like oh like because let's say someone walk up to me and says uh, Donald, you're a you're a balding, fat, living paddy or something. Okay, I won't find any of that insulting. Okay, but you can say it to other people, and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm really conscious about me." And all of a sudden, you get you kind of get made yeah. it. So, to me, I think that I would I would be happy if if there was a certain understanding with everyone. Yes, you could have the law 
you could have freedom of speech as everyone can say anything, but there are too many different varieties of opinions. So no, we can't have an absolute freedom of of of, of speech. I think. Okay, so you think no absolute freedom of speech? Yes. Barry, what are your thoughts? <coughs> Excuse me. I'm thinking along the lines of. I don't know if there should be an absolute freedom of speech. No. Yes, it's a hard one because it's fair enough. Someone, anybody can say anything they want, and that's fine. And to be fair, if we're going to be, if we're going to, if this goes into the rabbit hole of the whole woke and all that stuff, political mm-hmm. correctness and everything, then if you take offense at something that somebody says, that's that's on you. That's not on the person that said it. You're taking offense at what they say. You don't have to. You can choose not to take offense yeah. at something. something For example, if you listen to a comedian and something they say offends you, then that's your choice of uh, taking offense at what they say because you can't sit there and go, that guy's a comedian. I didn't find that joke funny. And that's it. You can stop right there. You don't have to say, I'm taking offense at this and I'm going to send a complaint to whoever or whatever. So in that regard, I think it's it's fair enough to have freedom of speech but how do you where or how do you draw the line when people are saying or or, or going this group are evil and bad and we should kill them let's everybody get up and grab our sticks and our stones and go out and bash their heads in um let's make sure they don't get houses let's make sure they're pushed out of our country or you know whatever it happens to be you have to be able to say to those people stop stop saying that stuff you're an asshole Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very, very, it's it's a very, very kind of dangerous area. Like, how, and where do you stop then? Do you stop when you've stopped that group, or what about the other group who are just suggesting that they're they're slightly better than that other group? It's not they're not quite saying get your pitchforks, but they're saying, well, I don't like that group because whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, you can't be saying that either. Do you know? Yeah, I was going to say to you when you were saying about criticism. I'm sorry about um offense. Yeah. But then you went there. It was like taking offense about something is one thing, but it's definitely a different area where speech can be weaponized against people. Yeah. And that's where there would definitely be an argument to be made in favor of not having absolute. absolute. That's where absolute. So what absolute do you think? Work? Well, I, I really don't know. I, I literally don't know what I, is the right answer. I honestly think there are people who philosophize about this professionally and they don't. But you see, it's easy to say, in a way I'm going to say, at least this is how I see it from thinking about it. Um, it's easy to see examples where freedom of speech went too far and was weaponized against people and people died because of it. Um, but then you have to, to, I could give 10 examples of why that's bad and obviously bad. So therefore, yes, there should be some curtailing of it. But if you agree in principle that any sort of speech can be limited. It doesn't matter if it's only this tiny section of speech, only in this certain circumstance, only specifically this and that. Once you acknowledge that it's allowed to limit free speech, the detriment to that is so much more, it's not that it's immediately evident, and especially not in the first example that you implement, but then the scale of it can go massive and be weaponized in a much larger scale, even worse because it's done kind of a, 
kind of at a governmental or kind of an organized body level mm. rather than, you know, some bunch of neo-Nazis just saying kill all the Jews because they're assholes. They're obviously bad and they're obviously just a small minority splinter group. But if the, if you say to the government, hey, tell them to stop saying that. And also, we're now giving you the keys to decide who can Say you can what? tell to stop saying what. Yeah. Suddenly, you end up in China. So that's why I just don't know. I can't, I can't come up with what's the right answer. It's tough. It I know it's, um, a tough, it's a tough uh, quagmire. I'm sure you've heard of Q, as in QAnon. Oh yeah, no. yeah, I thought you meant. Well, Star Trek. Of course, know my audience. Who am I talking to? Actually, yeah, Q yes, is John Delancey, fantastic <laughs> actor. We meet again, my Capitan. <laughs> well, the whole QAnon thing, because I actually saw an amazing documentary. I think it's called Eye of the Storm or something. This is definitely one to YouTube link because um, it's a documentary that breaks. Firstly, I don't know. Do you know? I don't know how much you know about Q, right? But this documentary really delved into what Q is, where it came from, how it got to be so big, and ultimately, spoiler alert for the end of the documentary, they figure out who Q is. Oh. Yes, which is amazing. But it's it's massive because Q came along around, um, I'm going to guess, maybe 2014, say. And uh, when he kind of came on the scene, it was one of these... There's a, board, a message board called 4chan where everyone who posts there, it's like Reddit, but you post there, but it's all anonymous. Have you ever been on 4chan? No. What? I've never been on 4chan. Well, neither have I ever been on 4chan. What? No. No. I don't even know. Does I it think, exist? I think, I think only yeah. crackpots and lunatics go on it, to be fair. Like. Yeah. Okay. Moving swiftly on. But I mean, 4chan is an example of a world where freedom of speech is almost absolute. But even then, 4chan, not absolute. There are moderators. They take down hate speech and all these kind of things. But um, Q, apparently, well, there was this randomer who came along. And again, no one has a saved username that's, you know, traceable back to them. It's all anonymous. So he just said, he indicated that he was this government agent, uh, you know, posting secret government, you know, inside information that all this stuff's going to happen, which is all bullshit. None of it came true. But, um, you know, you're there, you're tr- killing away your days on the internet. You've got nothing better to do. I'd say the people who spend their time on 4chan Eh, no offense to all of them. Have a lot of time to kill with nothing else to do. I'm assuming teenagers, you know, dillying around. But um, anyway, 4chan for some people was, oh, too limited because there's some moderation happening. So one guy set up a, I guess, a, another version of 4chan called 8chan. I was going to say, oh man, I was going to guess that. Guess you would guess it, yeah. <laughs> but it was I I full on heard of 8chan. Well, it was, it's gone. Oh, it's gone. But it was full on 100% um, hate speech from start no, to finish. But the thing is, it was full on 100% free speech. But it immediately becomes hate speech. Like, for example, uh, well, no, I'm going I'm to go off on a tangent. I won't. <laughs> so ultimately, yeah, so that's where Q really took off. Because yeah. the person who was posting as Q on 4chan allegedly moved over to 8chan and started posting exclusively there. But 8chan really did become full on cesspit. Because what happens is, let's say when Twitter wasn't taken over by Elon Musk. So any bad speech on Twitter was being booted off at your big band and everything. And I can't remember the name of it, but some, I hate to use right and left, but some, you know, right wing kind of group set up, we'll set up our own Twitter and it'll be better and it'll be freer. But then it just became, yeah. 
with hookers and beer. <laughs> but it just became. Um, That's like you, Don, uh, Donald Trump's yeah platform. Well, platform. yeah, except What's Donald Trump never really took. I don't know. Was it never took off? You say maybe it did. Where are you going? But uh, you know, honestly, I'm going to say I don't know much about Donald Trump's. Twitter and equivalent platform. That's good. For your information, that documentary is Into the Storm. Into the Storm. Q. Dot dot. Into the Storm. Yeah, it's it's so good and so worth watching because it really just goes into so much detail. But it's one of these investigative journalism things where your man starts journalism. Sorry, sorry. Investigative journalism. Yeah, where your man started investigating really early on before Q blew up at all. So you really get in on the ground floor and see it growing, see it going ridiculous. Like ultimately Q, you could kind of argue, led to January the 6th mm. and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't realize when he January... Was pre, he was pre-Trump as well, wasn't he? Yes. So you could say he had a hand in leading to Trump as well. Oh, 100% he had a hand yeah. in leading to Trump. You could say if Q didn't exist, Trump wouldn't have got in. Now, wow, that's a powerful statement. I would agree with him though. No, no, but wait. From my limited knowledge. It's like saying if you miss a bus by two minutes and you ran up the road and was just gone. Fuck, if I hadn't stopped for that second cup of tea, I wouldn't have missed the bus. And you're right. But also, you could have had the second cup of tea, but not had an extra five minutes in the shower. Or, you know, not took so long to decide what to wear. Myriad of factors make something happen. But it's also absolutely accurate and true to say, if Q had never existed, Trump wouldn't have got into power. Considering he barely got in. And, but ultimately, Q didn't decide to make Trump go in power and then make it happen. He wasn't no. some demigod. It was just a force that was there that had a bit of a base of followers. And then other forces started influencing yeah. them. You know, what do you call it? Uh, adopting it for their own and all this kind of stuff. But, um, but ultimately, I guess, and this is what I was saying about Twitter, and you start talking about this Trump platform that I don't know, but let's say Twitter decided we're banning all hate speech. They'll just go somewhere else. And this other place will say, hey, we're exactly the same as Twitter. We're welcoming all Twitter users and we're open-minded and also welcoming everyone else. What happens is all Twitter users don't want to be there because all the Nazis are there. So they'll not be there and all the Nazis will be the only people who are there. And then suddenly your your platform becomes all Nazis. Yeah. So all Nazis all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're on Truth Social. Nazis, Nazis. Truth Nazis, Social, Nazis. that's the name. No, no, Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. Look... <laughs> <laughs> Truth Social is a social media platform created by Trump Media and Technology Group, an American media and technology company founded in October 2012 by former U.S. President Donald Trump. It has been called the competitor to Parler and Gab. Parler is the one I was trying to think of. Parler is the alternative to Twitter ah. that is all right wing. And it's not meant to be all right wing. It's just... Open-minded oh, enough to allow anyone to say I heard it. about that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the, the thing about that is, of course, is that it puts all of these people into an echo chamber where there is there is no hope whatsoever of anyone getting true to any of them with any semblance of logic or... That's 100% or, true, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. a counter-argument to say, well, okay, you believe this stuff, but this is actually the truth. What I will counter that with, if you're on Twitter and you're following the people you're interested in, and oh, everybody lives in their own echo chambers. They're all echo chambers anyway. Yeah. And I don't it, think that's your, 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 your web searches, and, and it's, it's one of the, I suppose, one of the things that you could say against um, the likes of, of Google and that is that if you search for certain things and you, and you phrase it in certain ways, it's going to show you websites that enforce your opinion. That's so the, it's an echo chamber for ev- everybody. That's the thing you were talking about last week, Martin. What thing? What? Last episode. 
Or did I dream that? Say again, because there'll I... be a link to that below too. <laughs> um, weren't you talking about the uh, someone was suing um, Google because yes, there's someone suing Google because basically they're blaming. Uh, let's say blaming, even though it may be a strong word. There was some terrorist attack happened in Paris. An American citizen was killed. That American citizen's family is now suing Google because they're saying, you, Google, are hosting you know, videos that will what's it, indoctrinate um, potential terrorists. Yeah, okay. And one thing is to oh, host yeah. it and whatever, yeah. that's fine. But your algorithm is actively putting these videos in front of people who are vulnerable to be indoctrinated yeah. because they watched the first one. Your algorithm keeps feeding it to them. Yeah. And hey, plus other people. Which is the thing you were just talking about as but well. There. To the extent yeah. that they're not even saying, and this is interesting, they're not saying, we think one of the terrorists involved in this actual attack watched your YouTube videos. They're not even saying that. Maybe none of them ever watched YouTube. But the fact that YouTube is serving these videos this way and therefore maybe creating terrorists somewhere, and also this terrorist over here killed my daughter, I'm blaming you, YouTube. And yeah, it'll repeal an article 230 or something, which apparently is one of these baseline, what do you call it, foundation pillars of the internet that all the internet is built on. If that goes away, suddenly all the internet will be changed in ways that no one can imagine. Yeah. But it'll definitely be worse for average content creators like us and even for users who won't be able to comment on anything anymore and all this kind of stuff. Now, I don't think it'll go it'll, there. But it'll bring in ultra moderation or it'll bring in zero moderation. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was saying is this 8chan website, uh, because anyone can say anything and do anything, 100%, and it's it sounds like it's simplified to say this, but it's definitely true. If you're in a bad place and your mind is, you know, you're low and you're, you're lost and disenfranchised and all this kind of stuff, you might either find a path to hope and a better life or you might find a path to despair and doom. And if the path to despair just isn't there, or at least is just harder to find, you're less likely to find yourself on it. And definitely because of 8chan, and this is 100% blaming 8chan, because it existed, all these little you know forums of, oh, I kill all the this, this category of yeah. people or that category of people who I shall not name for fear of being canceled ourselves kind of thing, it did happen and people would write their manifesto of I'm going to go and kill as many as I can and post videos of themselves with their AR-14 before they go into the you know, local mosque or shopping mall or neighborhood and shoot up people. And there's multiple instances of mass shootings, although in America, more than one a day, these happen anyway. But really bad incidents happen and they're definitely because of the existence of 8chan. You know, if, if everyone is goading you on and encouraging you and saying, this is the right thing to do. This is a good idea. You really should do this. You're getting this from your peers on the internet because they're all the friends you have kind of thing. It's well, I, I would even qualify that and say because of 8chan and the likes. It's not purely... There is definitely... The, I agree with what you're Well, saying. put it this way. You can say and the likes and you're right. Yeah. But there's not many likes like 8chan. 8chan was so bad. It got to the point where most ISPs on the internet were just kicking them off the servers and not hosting them. And they kept finding some fringe one that would, but they're gone now because they couldn't find any anymore. Yeah. And you would be hard pressed to find these kind of things now, but they're still there, surely. But again, they're mostly not there because freedom of speech is curtailed and limited. And you, there's certain things you can't say. 
And here's the thing as well. There's a lot to be said as well about, I suppose, for want of a better word, evolution. Like, if you go back to the 70s, the 80s, the 90s even, people said things and which would be considered absolutely horrific now. If you look at TV shows back in the day, oh, yeah, yeah. the way they treated women, the way they treated um, people of the LGBTQ community, all that stuff, was, it, by our modern eyes, it was horrific. Now, there's a thing I was reading ages ago that said that as you get older, you get more conservative. And I find myself to be the other way. As I get older, I find myself becoming more liberal and more, 100% more of a live and let live sort of attitude that, you know, if you're not directly influencing my life, then away with you. If, you know, whatever consenting adults do, away with you. I don't, it doesn't bother me. And I'm not bothered by people coming to live in my country or all that kind of stuff. It's just living that live. Let, let people live, you know. Uh, but when you listen to people speaking now, and they have to be so careful about what, what they say and how they say it and where they say it. It's, um, it, it, for, for instance, comedy. Is one of my, you know, stand-up comedians have to be so careful about what they say. And the likes of Jimmy Carr and um, what's his name, Boyle from, from, from Scotland. Oh, Frankie yeah. Boyle. Yeah. These guys that thrive on controversial jokes. Um, they have to be they, well even them they try not to they try to be very la- uh, laissez-faire about it very ah oh, I don't care I'm going to say what I want to say but they construct their jokes in a way that they still haven't been cancelled anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Jimmy Carr has said the joke that's going to end his career is already told it's out there because oh, he can be careful now but he's already said something in the past and someone's going to dig it up and then throw it up there and it's yeah, going to be a big deal. And I, 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 don't, I don't like that. I don't like that someone's tweet from 10 years ago can get the well, answer today. That is 100% another thing. Because you know what amazing fact I heard? I'm going to say fact because I'm assuming it's true. Also, we should probably make a declaration here. All those conversations that we're having, go back episode one and two as well. Eh, this is what I read somewhere once or heard. Or <laughs> think I heard. Yeah. And now I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Very, very much so. Yeah, but... But it I may or that, may not reflect our actual opinions. And so, yeah, or it may or may not reflect actual fact. It may be something that I believe to be true. That's a fact. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, I read on the internet the other day that the earth is flat. Here's me thinking I was wrong all this time. Yeah. But uh, I heard that every 10 years, every single molecule in your body has changed. Hmm. So you today physically is 100% different than you 10 years ago. And yeah, you have fragments of memories and stuff, although we all know how unreliable memory is. Hmm. All of a sudden, if I dig up something you said 10 years ago, or something you did yeah. 10 years ago, and penalize you for it now, is that even fair? No, unless it's about murder. Well, let's say it is murder. Are you the same person? Let me give you an example. One of the first big challenges that Arnold Schwarzenegger had when he became governor of California was um, there was this guy, you know the Bloods and the Crips, the two gangs that are the murder rates unbelievable between them. So there was one gang member, he committed a string of murders, he got caught, he was put on... On a, what do you call it? Uh, death, death row. row. And as normal with death row, you did the crime, you do the time, you're going down. 20 right. years later, Eventually. finally all the paperwork's done, now we're going to kill you. So the problem is, by that time came along, however many, two decades or something, he was on death row. When it finally came time to him to be executed. killed, executed, um, he totally reformed. He'd become a real vocal activist and wrote books, encouraging people who are caught up in this whole gang culture Here's the path out. There is another way. And really had completely reformed himself. Yeah. But you did the crime too, 20 years ago, whatever. So tough shit, you're going to die. And obviously there was an appeal in. And Schwarzenegger had the decision to make. 
do you kill who is now clearly a good man, who is repentant? Or do you just say, you know what, you're actually putting good in the world now. Let that repent for your sins of the past. Yeah. So what, what do you think? Schwarzenegger. Well, I think Schwarzenegger... Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger is right-wing, but he's the good right-wing. So I would say... I think he went in there and put the plunger on the execution thing himself. And said, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> you won't be back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's did the he, name of his most famous movie? Terminator. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so he did. Oh. I know it's one of those things, but I mean, it's the law. But I mean, yeah. you know, I'm just thinking as well as that. No, but I, I, I'm talking more about like statute of limitations. If you yeah. murdered someone 20 years ago, but they only catch you now. Based on a cigarette, but found at the scene. Found at the scene, yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. I mean, look, if somebody killed one of my loved ones, and if they were caught 20 years later, I would want to see them burn right in front of me. Yeah. I get it. But also, hmm. But you'd have to set the bicycle out of the way first. To <laughs> the yeah. Um, okay, so I have a thing here that says, this is from citizensinformation.ie. So it's an Irish website. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's loads I could say about citizensinformation.ie. But it says, freedom of expression. You have the right to freely express your convictions and opinions, according to Article 40.6.1. However, that right can be limited in the interests of public order and morality. You do not, you cannot also use this right to defame someone else in the, as this would interfere with their constitutional right to a good name. You point this out already, though. You said that yeah, the Irish yeah, government is already... Yeah, but he's given, that's a specific yeah. thing about it, which is yeah. interesting. I actually didn't realise that you have a constitutional right to a good name. So those kids who are... I'm immediately challenging their parents that, right? can sue them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but if you mean a good name as in... They're so assholes who give themselves a bad name. They can't go challenge, constitutionally challenge... Well, no, that's you're, you're not defaming if you're speaking the truth. You see, the, the thing is, if I saw... I saw... Well, if I say, that person's an asshole. No, no, no. It, it's this. Def- if you say... Consumer message doesn't mean defaming them, though. Yeah. If you say, I was outside, I saw... Um, I saw Jim McGrath, who's a name I made up. John Smith. I saw John Smith, okay? I saw Sorry, John, John Smith. <laughs> I saw John Smith outside a nightclub, and he was, you know, abusing a younger person, okay? Right. Dark. Right. Go on. Dark. Okay. And now, John Smith will go, that did not happen. You've just deep, you know, you've just defamed me. Defamed yeah. me. Okay, so you're not allowed to do that. Okay. So, but I, but if you're not allowed to say that, and then I might say, but wait, I have the freedom of expression. I'm allowed to say what I want. In that way, you're not allowed to say what you want. Okay, I guess if you're if you're lying, you can't lie. That makes sense. Yeah, that's essentially. I, I but no, but, but not. It's not just lying because you might genuinely think. I genuinely think people from Cairo. No, no. Well, you're talking about two different things. That's totally different. Yeah. No, no, no. But no, but you because lying, you're you're not allowed to lie. Yeah. But also, you're not allowed to say things that are more that will that can be in the in in the interest of the public and morality. You're not allowed to say things that would go against that. So you might believe. So in other words, in other words, you might believe in what you're saying, but it might go against. So that's yeah. not lying. It's not just no, lying. No, but I just think to say, I saw that person commit a murder. Yeah. When you actually didn't see them, and you oh, know well, you yeah, didn't see yeah, them, that's and lying. you're saying that you saw them because you want them to go down for murder. Yeah. But again, you know they that's, didn't but again that that's goes lying. Like, that's, it's lying, but it's also go, that also goes against 
public order and morality. Well, in, in the interest of public order, that would be like, I don't know, encouraging people to storm the capital of their country because no. they didn't like the yeah, exactly. election. I think, yeah. though, you could say, let's not allow lying, but you could still categorise the interest of public order as a whole other different category. Mm. I think to say, well, you said you saw that person commit murder and that's against public order, which I guess kind of it is, but also what you that's its own category, I would say, if you're mm. making up yeah. stuff that's going to impede on other people. But what I was going to ask, Barry, sorry, when you were talking about Jimmy Carr, I meant to come right back to this. Mm. Is there any topic that shouldn't be joked about? No. Is there any situation that you need to wait? You know the way South Park say you got to wait a certain amount of time before you can tell a joke about a thing? Yeah, I think you do have to give it time. Um, I don't know what that time is. I don't know what the time frame is. But you certainly... And, and, and I think it depends. It's situational as well. So, depending on things... I, I like, And we've all seen this. When a celebrity passes away, you literally hear jokes about that celebrity and sometimes about their actual death the same day. And, um, and, and again, it's a joke. It's not meant to be taken seriously. It's not meant to cause offence. It can, because some people will just do that. They'll take offence. I don't like what that... You know. as, in, as you said, the somebody who takes offence possibly chooses yeah. to take offence. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that it's a comedian's job. It's a comedian. The, the, it's the comedian's responsibility to poke fun at everything, to satirise everything, for the simple reason that the Holy Mother of God, we need it. We need humor. We need those dark, horrible things that happen in our in our in our, in our world to be to have the fun poked at it a little bit. Yeah, but let's say when nine eleven happened. Mm. Joke about nine eleven or nine twelve? No, no, I don't think. I, I I think something like that. You've you and again, it depends on where you are. If you're in a comedy club in New York that you know is frequented by first responders, then maybe never. But a comedy club in Baghdad, maybe or in. Uh, Belly furnish. Do you know you're far enough removed from the actual thing? I saw Tommy Tiernan not long, it might have been a year after 9 11, standing on stage here in Galway, and he's, he started a joke with 9 11. And because he's Tommy Tiernan, and he also not, not to the same degree as Jimmy Carrington, he thrives on a bit of controversy. He left it then, he left a pause. And I, I'm not joking when you could feel the tension in the room. Everybody was like, oh, what's he going to say? Everyone's on tenterhooks. What is he going to say? And he left it just, it was, the comedic timing of it was brilliant. He left it just long enough to get a little bit, tiny little bit uncomfortable. What's he going to say? What's he going to say? What's he going to say? And he went, 1984. I started national school. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which was just yeah. brilliant. It was a fantastically well-constructed joke on the premise that it's Tommy Tune and you're expecting him to say something controversial. And he didn't. Yeah. Right, so, so, what do you think? Okay. I'm just curious to get the takes on. Yeah. That. What do I think about? Oh, sorry. Is there any topic that shouldn't be joked about, or is there any joke that shouldn't, be, or any incident that shouldn't be joked about for a certain amount of time? So, okay. So, here's my thoughts on this. Definitely, one of the things that I'm most ashamed about is that I read one of Donald Trump's books. Okay. Now, there was actually genuinely good advice in it. I mean, okay. generally, unless you want to go full Fahrenheit 9-11. Is it 9-11? No. No, 9-1-1. 9-1-1. Okay. 420. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. Fahrenheit anyway, 69. 
No, Fahrenheit, no the book where you burn yes. books. I'm going to have to Google that now. Um, unless you want to go full on burn the books you don't approve of, then it's nothing wrong with reading a book. Yeah, well, I mean, his book. I, also, Fahrenheit 451. He Sorry, did He on. did have a, um, a chapter in it about hair and about how to dress your well, hair. There are hours you're never going to get back, but go on. But anyway, Donald Trump did have a thing and he said that there is the whole thing of locker room talk. Okay, now going like realistically agreeing with anything Donald Trump says goes against your nature. <laughs> it's like especially with that specific locker room talk phrase being used. No, no, to defend when he's like, you can go up to scrap that pussy. Yeah, Did exactly, exactly, exactly. But there is, there are things you say. There are things you say with with friends, and with people you know, and this kind of stuff that you wouldn't say. To the wider public. But I guess the question is, is that okay? If I was telling jokes about a black person and a Jewish person and a paddy goes into a bar and whatever the joke goes from there. Yeah. I mean, would I tell that if there was a Jewish person sitting across the table or a black person? Then if I wouldn't, should I be telling the joke at all? Well, you see, the thing is, I think, re- if I'm being just being realistic about it, I... I accept that things that shouldn't be said are said, okay? Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm accepting it is because I say things that shouldn't be said in public. Okay. So that's the answer. I think the rule of thumb is if you if you need to look over your shoulder before you say it, you probably shouldn't say it. That is perfect, actually. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay. But again, but, but, and by that agreeing. rationale, if there's only three of us in the room, you'd say... Well, I think that was more of a figure of speech than a literal, you know. Mm. <laughs> I'm in a locked house, so I'm going to be as racist and homophobic and misogynistic. No, what I do believe in. Here's it. Okay, here's what I do believe in. The world isn't the way it is because of bad people. Okay, the world is the way it is because good people don't do enough of stand of doing what they they believe in. You know, actually, there's an expression. Because good people do nothing, okay? The world isn't the way it is because of bad people. The way the world is the way it is because good people do, don't do enough, do, you know? Mm. So, because I, I believe that there's way, 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 way more good in the world than bad. Definitely. I, to like, me, just to be clear, I, I think if somebody tells an insensitive joke, that doesn't make that person a bad person. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, yeah but I also, agree with you. you could still there's question a, whether they should have told the joke or not. There's a huge difference, though, between, say, Jimmy Carr making a, a risque joke. I know that's a slight understatement, but... And somebody going on to 8chan and saying, uh, kill up this group of people because we don't agree yeah, with yeah, yeah. the way they look. But There's I guess a huge difference. I feel right now we're only talking humour, because I just yeah. find the whole comedian bit to be an interesting part of free speech. And if you look at the way that hate to use this phrase, and I'm even going to do air quotes, which I hate even more. If you look at woke culture and how it's going, if you draw a line through the trajectory, there'll be no more comedians mm. anymore. They'll just have to stop. And there's, that there's, sucks. There's a fantastic pe- uh, what, Peel and Key. Oh, Key and Peel, yeah. yeah, yeah key yeah, and Peel. Yeah. They have a great sketch on, on, on almost that where a guy is giving them, he's about to give them a speech from behind the desk and there's the Key key peel and a, and, a, and, a, and a woman sitting in front of him and he's explaining to him look at if I say anything in my speech 
that you find that, that you take offense at, just just raise your hand. And of course, he hasn't even and that he just says that, and the three of them have their hands up for that bit. And yeah, then it gets yeah. worse from there. Yeah. And it's it's very, very funny. It's very well put together. Yeah. Um one of them is the black person, one of them is a woman, and the other guy is playing a gay character. So he, the poor guy is hitting on every single oh, yeah. offensive thing he without even trying. And it's very, very funny. But yeah, it's you're, I agree with you, Mark, that if, the, again, to use your woke air quotes, that PC culture and all that stuff, we have to be very careful that it doesn't destroy uh, comedy. It doesn't destroy satire. Because, again, I honestly believe that, that kind of, all that stuff, everything needs to be open for comedians to poke fun at and, and make jokes about. Uh, but, again, it has to be done comedically. It has to be funny. Yeah, but the problem is, if you're a comedian and you're told, okay, you're allowed to joke about anything you like, and I, by the way, I agree with you completely. I think if when, if you would ask me, what topics are you allowed to joke about and what topics are you not allowed to joke about, I would say you're, every topic is allowed to be joked about as long as the joke's funny. But the problem then is, as a comedian, you're going to make 100 jokes and some of them are not going to be funny. You tried, and they but the thing is, some of the some of them are going to be funny in one club, but they're not going to be funny in another club. I, I was going to say it's subjective. They're funny in context. Yeah, yeah. Or they're, or they're funny to a certain audience. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So are we all agreeing, three of us? Comedians, at least, get a pass. And by comedians, does that mean any Joe Blogs on the street who tries to be funny uh, to say anything they like about any group, subculture, <coughs> or anything they like, so long as they think it's funny, or at least they're trying to make it funny? In, uh, no, no, no way, but. Uh, but my I'm, I'm butchering your your nuance Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you see i would say there are there is let's say the thing that i was saying about if if you're in a room and stuff okay and you should be allowed to say anything you want okay now if one of the things that i say that i want to say is okay guys mart barry i'm this this will be taken out of context now okay I'm planning on killing someone. Okay. And if you knew me and you know, like, Donald's serious. Okay. Then that's different to, oh, I'm planning on killing this person because they ate bananas and I don't like banana smell. That's different to, they, they keep my car and I genuinely plan on killing them. Okay. The same, literally the same words, but the context is different. Okay. Yeah, but. We're talking humor. You're talking something different, are you? You're talking about something being misunderstood or no? Well, you see, thing is, no. You said it does go outside of humor. You said does it go outside of comedy? As in, someone who isn't a formal pro- professional comedian yeah. going on a stand-up night up on stage with a mic. I mean, if I told you, "Hey, Donald, I heard a funny joke," and I said the joke and it was offensive to some minority group, and maybe you didn't even find it funny, should I have said it? Yeah, I think there's absolutely no harm in saying it. Okay, okay, so, yeah. Because I do believe in don't, you know, what's that sentence? Uh, don't don't write checks your body can't handle. Okay, if you're going to get pummeled, either... Ah, so you're going to advocate physical violence against someone because they use words. No, wait, I was going to say, I was literally just going to say, <laughs> you're going to get pummeled on the, uh, like, you know, the defaming my name stage. Or... If you do, like, it's a fact that you can go and talk someone into a rage to get yourself beaten up. Mm. I, I fully agree with that. Okay? That that can happen. 
I'm not saying it's right. Okay. Yeah, but I think telling a joke, if someone told a very insensitive joke and they got beaten up for it, I think the person who did the beating is in the wrong there. Even oh, if I telling the joke. I think the person's in the yeah. wrong. But I also think there are some jokes at this stage that are never going to be funny. If you make a joke about a Holocaust. Yeah, for example. That's just never going to be funny. I don't think there's such a thing right now that it's even possible. Some subjects are just too sensitive and tricky. Okay, sorry. Thanks. You've clarified what I was thinking. We don't think it's funny. What? I, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. But tell it on a neo-Nazi forum. No, no, I'm serious. It is. Yeah. It's like, have you seen the film American History X? Mm-hmm. Okay, have you seen it? Yes. Now, that film deals with racism and Nazism and all this kind of stuff. Okay, ne- neo-Nazis? Neo-Nazis? Mm. So basically, this, this is what I'm saying. You should be allowed to say anything, I, I think. You should be allowed to say anything within to, to I should be allowed to say anything to, to my friends in the closed area because I think there's a difference when you say something one-to-one, but the person you're saying, the, in other words, who, who was talking, were we talking about this, the, the merge, the shadow self? Yes, last week. Yeah, the shadow self. Should you be able to say anything to yourself, your shadow self? Wait, okay. Let's say yes. It would be healthy okay. to be yes. aware of your shadow yeah. self. No, no. Whoever the person is that you're closest to in the world, should you be able to say most of what your shadow self is thinking to that person? That yeah, and, yeah. And just and just to close off so I don't go down a big winding road about this, that's what I mean. There's the conversation of the shadow self that you share with your closest people. And they understand, oh, geez, don't, this is not really Donald. Donald doesn't really want to flame and do nasty stuff or something. But you might say it because, oh, that was a stupid stuff. You test out stuff. You say stuff. You don't literally mean the stuff. I don't think that just because you say a thing makes you a bad person. Agreed. I think, but there's a school of thought that says, if you say the thing nowadays, and it was always there to a degree, but it's there very much nowadays. If you say the thing, you have done something bad. Now, I'm going to try to paraphrase back to you what I'm hearing from the start of the conversation. Yeah. Just so that I, I'm trying to... This is good. Yeah, go follow on. on track, right? When I asked you, um, do you believe in full-on freedom of speech, 100%, or do you feel that some freedom of speech should be curtailed? You said you do believe that some freedom of speech should be curtailed. Is that yes. correct? Yes. But then when it comes to humor, you feel... Full-on freedom of speech, no limits. No, no, uh, no, no. I or take that back. And I, is if, it that, if I said that, I... Wait, because I want to clarify back to you. To, I want to keep it succinct. Yep. Or are you saying that full-on freedom of speech with your own small social circle who know you and you're intimate with, and you can full-on freedom of speech with them because they know you? Yes. No curtailing there. But if a comedian is up on stage, yes, they're limited to what they can say. Yes. Hmm. Because if I have to limit what I'm saying to my wife, then why am I limiting it? I mean, and more importantly, right. and more importantly, if I have to limit it, if it's so bad, then why is my wife staying with me? Or do you understand? Okay, I, I do. Like it's different if you're a comedian on a stage. You got to be sensitive to what you're saying. But I guess you're speaking to your other half. You shouldn't be limited. I actually agree with that because, firstly, your other half should know you in all facets. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And secondly, 
they probably will know you enough to be able to put that in context. Yeah. If a comedian says a joke, that joke could be out of a two-hour sketch. Someone's going to take one line of it and post on it a tweet or something, and that person's going to look bad on the on the you know out of context medium. Whereas if you say something to your other person you're intimate with and they know you, yeah, they'll know where. Or even just your good friend. You know. Okay. What, Why are you? Oh, sorry. What, what, just to, one more thing on that. What that doesn't mean to say, like you could you could listen to this the thing I'm saying and interpret it as which and an incorrect interpretation would be. You should say you can say evil stuff to your other half. That's you can, okay. Yes, but theoretically, even um, people want love too. No, but theoretically, it would be nice if you're a good person and if the evil stuff didn't come up. Or if the bad, bad stuff didn't come up. Didn't come up or didn't exist. Did If it didn't exist in your mind. Yeah, like, the thing okay. is, if, if, if I have a conversation about, like, hmm, I wonder what it would be like to skin a cow alive and just watch its organs drop out. That's a weird conversation to have. Really, it is. Someone's going to take that out of context. No, but, but if, if you sit there and if this is one of the things you think about, you might literally genuinely have a good reason to think that. But if you're thinking about it from, I wonder how much pain that the, how the cow would go through and if that excites you or something. And sure, share that. But just because you're sharing it doesn't mean it's something you doesn't mean doesn't mean it's good just because you're other like for for every Fred West there's a May West was that Fred West's wife yeah no idea yeah. yeah the Moors murderer people who went for, kill loads of kids basically for every for every psychopath there's a there's another psychopath out there for them. some murders and stuff right. there but anyway no but do you understand so mm. what I'm saying is what I'm saying is just be, you should be able to say anything, but what is the thing that you're thinking and why are you thinking? Okay, well, I want to ask you very first because you were looking like you had something to say while Donald was going off on a rant or not. Okay, but Donald, another question then. Never mind humor, what about manners? Someone sneezed, you didn't say, God bless you. I 100% manners offend me. Huh, okay, you're inverse mannerful. Yeah, because instead of, because you see, here's the thing. We're organisms that are alive for a certain amount of years, if we're lucky. Okay? Good manners help this organism live longer. Yeah? Did you ever think about manners like that? No. Really? Barry? Um, I, I haven't... Honestly, haven't thought about manners in that way. Oh, I think what you're saying is manners as a social construct allows you to integrate with society better, which potentially could increase your longevity yes, of life. Yes. For example, when COVID came along, COVID was horrible. Okay. There's not there's nothing positive about actual COVID. But a side effect of the pandemic. Of the pandemic is that people have manners. Now I know I just said I don't like manners, but I don't like fake manners. I don't like this thing of a knife has to be here because that's manners. But I do believe in a few to sneeze. Why are you sneezing at me at 150 miles an hour, putting bile and germs flying into my face and into my dinner? You know, that's like, no, don't do that. And, and I was the weirdo 
that would be like, oh man, I hate what this person. You see, I, I, I've been around people that have literally scratched their groin without thinking about it. They'd be like, no. Don't eat that one, don't eat. And then take a slice of bread and hand you the bread. And it's like, there is simply something wrong with that. Okay, so if I was to kind of really boil it down, you reject the concept of manners, except some manners which you do want. Uh, I yeah, I, I yeah. What's the best way to put that? Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> literally what Mark just said. <laughs> okay, go on. I think, I think there's an old expression: manners cost nothing. Yeah, do you know? And like, basic, I challenge that a little bit. Basic manners is just is also basic respect, isn't it? I mean. Everybody deserves to have that basic level of respect until they do something to either rise in your estimation or be lowered in your estimation. So, and I think the least we can do for each other is just to have that common basic respect. And, that, and that's, I think, where an awful lot of manners come in. Excuse me. Thank you. Please. Now, I see, I challenge that a tiny bit, right? Now, I agree with I'm you also right. going to contradict myself in a second. Thank but you. I feel like we're not in a mafia family where it's, I've got to respect the, you know... That would be highly offensive, by the way. Well, yeah, okay, actually, that was very racist as well. Um, <laughs> tick, tick. <laughs> but I feel like, geez, you know, not saying, you know, God bless you after his needs, or, you know, I don't know. But then again, if I'm ever, you know, in a restaurant, I'll always kind of feel like I really should say please and thanks. And Just in a restaurant? No, but for example, yeah. I mean, if you handed me something, I'd say, oh, I don't know. I probably might come out, but I just don't feel it's so important. Is that though? Is that about manners, or is that about not wanting someone spitting your food? Well, no, no. I, I reckon most people don't do that. That's a definite. Uh, I don't know. Myth. I don't know. I mean, I guess manners isn't the hill I would choose to die on no. either way. I mean, you know? yeah. I would actually nearly die on that hill. Actually, <laughs> well, probably with someone sneezing your face, <laughs> or hand you, and I'm not a germaphobe, and the head, or hand you groin infesting. Yeah. Bread. Yeah. So, if we were to go back to it then, we're talking about, I think we can all kind of agree, most of us are generally in favour of some limitations on the freedom of speech. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. For sure. Okay. Um, What about, say, WikiLeaks as an example I'm going to use. This guy came along and set up a website where he just, I have information, I'm going to release it to the public, and... The government are okay. definitely persecuting him because of what okay. he did. I def- that's um, um, Julian Assange. Julian Assange and the person that actually released his papers is the homeless hacker. Do you ever hear of the homeless hacker? Mm-hmm. Whose actual name I forget, but he he's this like savant flaming genius, okay? And uh, he is a super white hat hacker, okay? And he's the person that snitched on Julian Assange. Julian oh, Assange okay. is a super white hat. No, he's not even a hacker. He just like worked in the... He actually was a hacker. He was a hacker. Yeah, okay. But he, but I think he worked and the, the files were just there and he just took them off the computer. To put them together. No. Was it? What, what he did, he he was a hacker. He Adrian, hacked. sorry, Mart. Sir, Adrian Limo. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so he's the other that's the, that, uh, that's the the homeless hacker. Yeah. Okay. But ultimately, Julian Assange just set up a website to say, I will take leaks from anyone who's willing to give them to me and post them online. And obviously, the governments were pissed off at him. Yeah. For obvious reasons. 
uh, and he had to hide in the Ecuadorian embassy for a while and they, he eventually got caught and there was all this sham kind of a other crimes that he allegedly committed which he didn't and they eventually had to wrap those they were trying to make up something so they could arrest him and then they just finally arrested him for we don't like you and put him away <laughs> and he served the amount of time that he was meant to have served for the crime he did and then that time ran out and they left him in jail anyway and that's where he is now but again you could say hey he took information and put it online that for example there could have been identities in there that could have Reveal the locations of spies of certain nations. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. someone who is a good person trying to do good for his country could get caught and killed because of this asshole just put some stuff on the internet and he's in Ireland. But also, then real journalists are looking at that and going, oh shit. So all of a sudden, is it a crime to have a secret source or get information illegally obtained and publicize it? Because that makes the whole industry of journalism risky or dead. And that's a whole other freedom of speech thing. Should you be al- should Julian Assange be allowed to do that? Are ju- should journalists be allowed to do that? That's an interesting one. Um, I suppose on that, if Julian, what if Julian Assange had taken all the stuff he'd been given, and then somehow filtered out anything that might have been dangerous to individuals? Firstly, that's impossible. Yeah, you're talking. Like I know it's seventy thousand pages of yeah. data. Well, Say he put it into chat GDP and said, take out any names of places. Well, wait. I, then you have no, no meaningless data. Yeah, he could make meaningless. meaningless data. He could like... But there'd still be loads of... Because of he, he, could do it, he could do a thing where it's like... Uh, Irish GDPR law... Actually, European GDPR law says you're not allowed to hold specific information about cultures or types of people or anything. You're allowed to hold general information about general stuff that isn't specific to any one person. Are you but saying Julian Assange broke GDPR regulations? Effectively, that's why he was busted. No, he was busted okay, for no, putting no, state no, secrets no, on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah. No, but, for no, 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 sorry. Yes, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> sorry wait, 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 wait. I just said yes to that, but no. <laughs> I, I mean, he also was in violation. It's a bit like saying, oh, yeah, he broke the speed limit when somebody ran somebody over in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. He didn't have a seatbelt on. Um, go back to what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's one of those things. Should he be allowed to do that? Because that would fall under Okay, so what's, what's, your, what's your opinion on that, right? Should they be allowed to? WikiLeaks, should they be allowed to? Oh, should should Adrian, not Adrian Nemo, should Julian Assange be allowed to do what Julian Assange did? Well, he wasn't allowed to do it. Yeah, he should be. He did. He did it anyway. Um, it's a very it's a very fine line between being a whistleblower and and treason, I guess. Um, and well, sometimes if you're in North Korea and you're a whistleblower, then you're, that you're, is treason. You know? Yeah, it's, you're that's, it depends on yeah where the line is. Um, and that's the thing, it's a thin, it's a, in some countries there is no line, uh, in other countries the line is fairly thick, but I think you have to protect whistleblowers, so you have to be very, very careful on whether or not what Julian Assange did was considered whistleblowing, or was it considered treason. I mean, American, the American government say it's definitely 100% treason, but is it? You see, I don't know. I think it's like, it's kind of... I'm famous for my bad analogies. So here's another one. 
Okay. It's illegal to go over 120 miles an hour, isn't it? Well, 120 kilometers an hour on the motorway <laughs> in Ireland specifically. Yeah. yeah. So in Ireland specifically, it's illegal to go over 120 kilometers an hour. Yes. But let's say you have a sick person in the car and you go 140 kilometers an hour. So what you're going to say is extenuating circumstances. There's a particular reason why you have to violate the rules on this occasion. Yeah, that's what he did. No, nah, he was like, I have this stuff. I'm just going to put it up there. No, I think he... No, but I he think it was... information should be free. Yes, exactly. So that... So it, you're, there's nothing extenuating no, no, no. that. If he got any no, information, he would... No, because you're saying, eh, it's not like he was going to have a hamburger or release 70,000 files. It was like, he genuinely believed, I'm going to release these files. And he knew he would get in trouble. Yeah, but it's not... If ex- he got busted. But it's not extenuating circumstances. It's strong conviction. He just believed, this is right, I'm going to do it. But that's like, if I decided, I'm going to drive up the road, and you know what? I am going to drive like a motherfucker. This is right, I'm just going to do it. Not I because still, I have a sixth person in the car, do you know? Yeah, but my, my point is more like that sometimes, like, the law is there. Okay, this is where you can go into very shame. You keep, I'm going to say this, right? You keep circling back to the law. Morality doesn't matter. Social mores or conventions don't matter. What's the law? The law is this, Article 3.6.5. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, and I just find it interesting that you're always very legal on this. Whereas it's not about the law in my mind. It's about what's right or wrong. Should you be allowed to do that? Ah, okay. Should a comedian be allowed to tell here's, a joke? Here's That's not one. illegal. But here's, okay, here's one thing. Again, depending on who you are. I won, yeah, but I won 100%, and I've said this before, said mm-hmm. this before to you two, to the both of you, I mean, I 100% don't recognize a right or wrong. There's utility and there's less utility. But that's complete nihilism, which it's actually hard to live your life 100% nihilistically. In fact, maybe I'd say impossible. You can declare it, but real brass tacks when you look at your day to day, you don't just go through life nihilistically because you just can't. It's impossible. <laughs> don't. You know, no, no. It's like, I mean, as in... But you can say there is... And you are right. See, if you look at the universe from a pure scientific perspective, molecules and atoms and string theory and all, there's no morals. There's no right and wrong. And then you zoom back down to the human experience. You can still view the human experience through a purely scientific lens. Right now, we're all just particles. And what particles makes up Barry and what particles makes up me, my particles can say anything. And there's no morally wrong interpretation of how Barry feels about that. But at the same time, you that's completely disregarding the human experience, which from a purely scientific perspective is absolutely right and correct. But from a sociological or even just a real kind of a societal perspective you're missing a certain framework you got to see the universe from the scientific mode but also from the societal and the the real human experience you got to factor that in too and from the human experience side of it which if you it's like in other words there's a spectrum of light if you look at only one spectrum the infrared and that's all you're seeing yeah there is more than the infrared but if you're looking only with infrared goggles, you're only no, seeing I, that one I lens. Agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to take off the goggles and see all of the spectrum yeah. light and factor it all in. So, in that case, there is room for morality in your interpretation of the world. 
yes, but morality is only, it's only, but but there aren't actual morals. Correct. There's, it's yeah, a yeah. human construct. Yeah, it's just a human so construct. What's yeah. moral and immoral today will be different from what it was yeah. 200 years ago or yeah. 200 years from now. So that's it's why a made-up construct. So, right? so in the same way, the law is a made-up construct. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep on referring back to the law, I suppose. It's like, it's just, to me, it's just another construct. I guess the reason I, I, I just pointed out, it's not a bad thing, but by focusing on the legal perspective, the legal perspective is objective, it's externalized, it's that thing there, I'll Google it and read it. Yeah. That's what, whereas what I'm really interested in here is, never mind the law, what do you think? What does Barry think? What yeah. do I think? About, that, that's your own personal opinion. Yeah. Kind of thing. So... <laughs> Like, I'll give an example of, just because I think we all generally agree, look at all these examples of how if you don't curtail freedom of speech, it's terrible. So therefore, eh, some limits are probably good. But then you look at, historically, there was Newton, Galileo, um, oh, uh, what's the guy who... Uh, Copernicus. Copernicus, thank you. Um, these are people who came along and said, hey, you know, here's the thing I think. And they were, which, which one of the philosophers had to drink hemlock? Uh, Socrates. Socrates. You know, somebody comes along and says, oh yeah, this is the common conventional thinking, but I think differently, so much so that I'll be ostracized from society or maybe even forced to be killed. And yet, their influence, before they were ostracized or as they just have to fight against the machine, turns out that they were right and had huge scientific advances that we wouldn't have had if there was a general agreement. You know what? Accept the social mores as they are right now. And anything that speaks outside of it is unacceptable and should never be. So I'm just saying, eh, that's why I can see the, the reason, even though there's a lot of reasons to see why freedom of speech should be curtailed to some extent, I can see the other side why it shouldn't be. Well, I think if we we're to start concluding this, mm-hmm. I think there should be a freedom of speech, but it should be understood that it's not absolute. And I know I'm going legally there. But it's just because it's a good way of describing it that's already been described. Well, no, that's, yeah. You know, it's like there should be, you should be allowed to say anything. You know, there, there, like, you know the way there's anyone should be allowed to say anything. As, as in, as long as it's not morally. So offensive. therefore, not anyone should be allowed to say anything. Yes. Anyone should be allowed to say anything except for what I don't like them to say. Uh, well, you see, like, you know, the Charlie Hebro thing. Yes. Okay, that's a perfect example. I don't know if you have it as an example, but the perfect example is Charlie Hebro. This paper made a joke about Muhammad. They just, they depicted Muhammad in some way. I don't know how, or I don't know what Funny they enough, did wrong. The act of depicting Muhammad is against the Muslim Quran law. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. So just by drawing him, you could draw him now on the buyer on his paper there, and you've just broke a Muslim law. Okay. So you could now. Maybe they were making it. I don't know why they did it. By the way, I haven't looked into it. Enough. It was a joke. It was just a joke, yeah, like yeah. a comedy sketch. Yeah. Her. Okay. So, um, so I think that there is a thing that if we were all like buddies and chums in a big room that had like eight billion people in it, then you wouldn't need laws. But there is. We're not. There's like there's too many different opinions. So you do need laws. You do need a freedom of speech to, it's just like to measure. And then but ultimately what you're saying is you do believe freedom of speech should be curtailed. Yes. And 
you think the government should be the ones to decide what can and cannot be said? Here's what I think. Yes. I think yes no, no, no. That's yes, yes, no. yes. No, that's, that's yes. yes. That's yes. That's all but, yeah. but, that's yes. But, here's what else. Here's the other thing I think. Most of the people that I hear complaining about the law, okay, or complain about the police or the police do this and just like silly things to complain about. They're not silly things to complain about. They're real things for these people. But it's like, dude, go out and vote. Vote, vote, vote. The, I genuinely think that the people do have a say. The people can influence society. You know, the people are in control of the government. Just be careful who you vote for. But yeah, but we get, if we get if we can get the the, the moderate middle out at every single election in every single country, we'd have a much better plan. Yeah. The problem is the moderate middle are very relaxed in most countries. Hundred percent of this is something we should. Break up in the next one. Yeah, hundred percent. I have like another hour the, of speech about that. Because the whole thing is, the whole thing is, I agree. I, 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 agree with what Donald's saying insofar as and and what your uh, premise, Mart. Freedom of speech, great, but it has to be curtailed. Funny thing and is, I'm not even saying that. I don't know. No, but that's what, yeah, that's what you're asking. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's what I believe is that freedom of speech. Yes, it's great, but it needs to be curtailed. And yes, the government should be the ones that, yeah, enforce it. And and we have a voice. We vote in the government. But yeah. by the way, just to be clear, and like I don't know, we got to wrap it up, so I'm not going to go on too much. But right now, the world we live in, most freedom of speech isn't being, it isn't inscribed in law, and it isn't being decided, or monitored, or enforced by the government. Most freedom of speech is right now just being driven by what I'm going to call again woke culture, where there's certain, if I say break a social mores rule like if i said the inward which i'm not going to say but if i did suddenly you know if we had a lot of viewers which we don't but if we did someone would hear it and get really offended and shut this shit down and we live in a world where it won't just be oh ban that channel it'll be who's that fucker where does he work get him fired get him ostracized it it's so much so far-reaching but it's not anything that's coming from any government anywhere. It's a kind of a social movement that's kind of happened and grown and got a life of its own. And by the way, I'm not saying that people should say that word or a lot of other words. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. But definitely we live in a world where it's somehow grown legs of its own. It's an entity of its own and it's enforcing itself without some laws or anything like that making it happen. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. But we live in inter interesting times. Mm -hmm. That blessing and a curse. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot we could say. Oh, my God. We could talk about this for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't think we should. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Should so, basically, I think we will wrap it up. And um, the two, the viewers and the listeners, definitely like and subscribe and comment, 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 definitely. Because... And uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for listening. Yes. But for sure, I would love to, this is, I haven't actually looked at any comments on uh, the previous videos. I would go on YouTube and read the comments on this one. Because I think this is something where everyone can have an opinion. No one's opinion is more informed or valid than another person's, I think. Yeah. Anyone who just thinks about it. I'm sure opinions. there are people who have the opinion that they are more informed. Like George, hey. George, George Clooney's wife would argue differently. She's a can. Huh? Need a can or something. Yeah, she's a human rights lawyer. Human rights lawyer, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're listening... 
<laughs> Drop your comments. <laughs> we will respond to you. <laughs> so um, that's it, guys. And we will uh, love to hear from you. And we will have another show out in approximately two weeks. Yep. Okay. Hopefully. That's it, guys. Have a good night. Oh.